0: Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners. Thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic, it's just honest. So, if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health/save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health/save for your free spend analysis. outcomesrocket.health/save. and welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the pleasure of hosting Charlie Hutchinson. He's the CFO of NSYNC. InSync Healthcare Solutions is a leading provider of integrated EMR and practice management software, revenue cycle management services, and medical transcription to thousands of healthcare professionals throughout the US. Charlie's responsible for leading the company's strategic financial initiatives. With over 13 years of executive experience, Charlie brings to InSync a well-rounded background that includes extensive experience in the high-tech software industry, IPO acquisitions, you name it. Prior to joining InSync, he was the CFO for Vitals LLC and BizVibe. So it's a true pleasure to have Charlie with us today. And with that, Charlie, I want to welcome you and also uh, allow you to fill in any Thank of you. the gaps in the introduction that I've uh, that I may have left out. Welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: Uh, Thank you, Saul. Just that I had um, started in uh, electronic medical records and practice management back in about 1996 with a company called Medical Manager. Spent uh, about three or four years there through their IPO and then their their sale to WebMD. They had, um, at the time, was the largest practice management software in the entire country. I think we had uh, estimated that at the time, over 60% of the doctors or providers had uh, used Medical Manager. So, been in it a while, seen it evolve, and uh, very excited about where it's going.
0: Yeah, that's certainly, uh, you've been around for a while, so it'll be great to hear some of your thoughts, you know, a lot of talk around the EMR, EHR space, and things happening, uh, and so it would be interesting to hear your, your perspective on the financial side as well. Today is sort of, uh, you know, we continue talking about interoperabilities, it can happen, et cetera, before we dive into those details, I'd love to hear what got you into the medical sector to begin with. Well, we had, uh, at the time, back in
1: 1997, it was uh, very opportunistic. We I had a, an old friend of mine, actually an old friend of my dad, and he knew me growing up, and he uh, was looking for uh, someone to be his controller, and it was just uh, in the right place at the right time. Why we're in sync right now is that we were offered the opportunity to buy sync about four years ago. November, last November would have been four years. but. Uh, Uh, At the time, we were in a patient engagement and and patient record aggregation platform that we were working on called Vitals. So this is when Meaningful Use Stage 1 and and Stage 2 was just coming out and the idea of having, you know, the whole view, download, transmit experience for the patient. But there was uh, some acquisition going on up in the Northeast and there was a clearinghouse that had a small EMR called NSYNC. And we had uh, been offered the ability to to purchase it, and so because I had the experience uh, way back when, and, and uh, we were trying to do the you get the whole meaningful use being in a actuated stage, it seemed sensible at the time for us to get an EMR. There's a point of care, so we went ahead and closed that, and been operating it uh, primarily uh, since uh, about four years ago.
0: Nice, and so, so- opportunities. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta keep your eyes open and and uh, and your head up. A lot of folks talk about, hey, you know what? But just put your head down and work hard. Well, that really doesn't work in healthcare. <laughs> you gotta keep your head up <laughs> and look around, right? Exactly. So, yeah, so sure. you've been you've been doing this in sync for the last four years, um, and and obviously over twenty years with uh, EMRs. What do you think a hot topic is that needs to be on health leaders' agenda, and how are you guys addressing that?
1: Right now, some of the hot stuff, for, you know. obviously you know about the value-based care, but one of the things that we're starting to see in our pipeline is a lot of collaborative care. And that's where you're getting a setting where you have primary care and behavioral health and other specialties such as physical therapy, uh, speech therapy, occupational therapy, sort of that multi-specialty collaborative care model. We're seeing a, a lot of practices that are coming out delivering that. And it's playing really well into us because it's basically one of the strengths of our system. And most EMRs are coming from the medical side. We had pivoted into behavioral health about four years ago and we saw there was a demand for it. So, in our case, our medical records and charting capabilities can really present it in both a behavioral health environment and a primary care environment, as well as multi specialty, and provide a different workflow, a different chart depending on the specialty. So, it's neat to see rather than having a patient having to make multiple appointments across multiple facilities and multiple dates, they can go to one facility and spend half a day or maybe longer and seeing multi-specialties. There's, uh, we're seeing this a lot in pediatrics too. There's a, a company that's uh, down in, uh, I think, San Antonio called Crit, C-R-I-T. that's uh, one of our customers and they are, um, they're in the pediatric rehab type of a setting. But it's about addressing the whole patient, not just the physical part, but also the, the behavioral part and the mental part. Rehab, you know, a lot of times getting out of the hospital is just the beginning of the journey. It's not the end of it. So having some, someone that can bring you back to the most whole state possible, it seems to be delivered most effectively in an ambulatory or community
0: setting. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, thought. So you're right, this behavioral health piece, it's becoming more and more you know, accepted as, as part of healthcare, whereas before it wasn't. And kind of strange, in my opinion, that it was that way, and it seems like it's it's working out for the better. As you guys have tried things and, and have made iterations, you said you guys pivoted four years ago. What would you say is an example of how you guys have made a difference, improved outcomes, made things work better by... Uh, by doing it differently?
1: We live, you know, through our providers. Uh, we get uh, a lot of uh, feedback from them, not only at the, at the time of sale, at the time of implementation, but also years later. And, you know, what they tell us as far as the efficiencies and the practice that our software allows them to to enjoy, translate itself into more time with the patient, more understanding of the whole view of the patient versus just the last time they saw them. So it, to us, it, it's, Rather than seeing it from a, or trying to inspect it from a, from a data standpoint and looking at it from just a community or population standpoint, what we like to, we hear voluntary comments from our providers, especially in the multi-specialty and collaborative care environments where they're, where they're saying, look, this made the difference. We had two or three systems before trying to do the same thing. And what you provided us from a fully integrated solution is we get to spend more time with the patient. So. That translates into better care for the patient. i a true believer that patient is delivered, or excuse me, care is delivered individually, patient by patient. There could be certainly there, information from a population health standpoint that you can say would generalize, would create the best outcome. But ultimately, that's only give you, let's say, 80% of the way. The old 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. What's going to really get you the most, the best outcome, is to have a doctor that's able to really understand your situation. And that comes with time. You just
0: you've got to be able to spend more time with the patient. Agreed, patient doctor relationship. Charlie, so you guys are, are able to be more mindful in the way that collaborative care, multi specialty care is delivered. So how does that look like? I mean, are you guys doing this because you're able to bridge the different specialties into one one screen? I guess what does the logistics of that look like?
1: Well, just, you know, from a, if you think about, you, you made mention of how the behavioral health uh, specialty is kind of, is just now coming into sort of the whole EMR market and, and how it kind of been left out on the edge. And I completely agree with that because that's what happened if you, and it goes back to, you know, our system of payers, our, our payers were not really including behavioral health unless you bought the more expensive plans. There weren't benefits for psychologists. Psychiatrist was probably included, but a psychologist wouldn't. Family therapy probably wasn't. So they were in a direct pay model. So they essentially, the patient was like, mm, I got to come out of my pocket the entire amount to go see this. And it's a recurring situation. It's not, hey, I'm going to go to the doctor once and get a checkup and be done. Right. In a behavioral environment, these therapists are spending 30 minutes, 45 minutes with the patient. They're going to do it over multiple visits. It's something that, it's a major financial commitment at the time for for patients. So with the uh, Affordable Care Act and essential services, it required health plans to cover these type of this specialty. So it's forced them into the payer model where they have to submit claims and get reimbursed by the commercials, Medicare and Medicaid. But at the same time, it's provided the ability for patients to use those services more than they did in the past, just because they don't have to come out of pocket. Yeah. So. We saw this happening about four years ago. There was a lot of investigation going on by the specialty that we just sort of group as behavioral health. But it's more than just a psychiatrist. It's psychologists. It's therapists. It's care coordinators. It's it's so we started providing an EMR that was that competed in the behavioral health environment. And you can imagine the difference. Okay, so a medical doctor, he's going to come in. It was very encounter based. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, so what are you presenting with? Okay. What is the review of systems? You know, here's a diagnose, diagnosis and here's how we're going to treat it. So, and then you moved on. And then if, if, he, if you needed another appointment or there was, you would come back and have another encounter. And so vitals would be retaken, blood work would be retaken to see progress. So there was, that's totally different than the behavioral health. Behavioral health is about a journey through getting better. It's not going to happen in one visit. So you have a system that needs to be able to chart progress. And this is what outcomes-based care is about. So it's almost funny how behavioral was doing this the whole time and now how medical is adopting it. But we have a system because it was able to do this sort of journey approach in a behavioral setting that the original software we bought was for primary care. It was in your traditional medical specialties, everything from OBGYN, cardiology. It was your down-the-middle EMR. So what we did is instead of creating a new product, we created a different experience based on your user login. And if you're user login was a behavioral workflow, you that's what you were delivered. If it was a medical workflow, that's what you were delivered. But what's it all comes back into the same chart. It all comes back into the same calendar. It all comes back into the same practice management, which means perfect now. We've got a collaborative care model that comes back to the same same person that's there to bill and collect without having two systems. And that's when we the biggest pain point we're seeing in collaborative care is they've they've created this with multiple systems. So I'd like to say it was because of how strategic we were four years ago. But again, going back to the opportunity world, we saw the opportunity
0: and we're very nimble and we pivoted and made sure that we met the need. And that's why we're here today. Love it. No, that's really great, Charlie. Thanks for walking us through that. Definitely makes a lot of sense. Very insightful the way you guys did that, delivering a different experience to the user depending on what they're targeting and then putting it all on the same chart. Fascinating work. It's working. So what would you say while you were doing this, right? Because it definitely is not an easy thing to do. What was a setback that you guys experienced that made you better?
1: Our own knowledge. You know, obviously we did not know Bayro Health four years ago as well as we do mm-hmm. today. And so relying on our initial adopters, uh, initial providers that were adopting the system, you know, we had to learn. And it was a lot of it was self-taught. We had to listen to the providers. We had to listen to the provider community and behavioral health and say, okay, so what doesn't work with your current system? How could it work better? And so it was about, and it, we still do this today. We, we listen very intently to our customer base, to our providers. We're constantly moving the product and what's in the best interests of the practices as they see it, not necessarily as a programmer, or we move based on reality, not on a lot of, uh, I'm going to say blue sky concepts it's, mm-hmm. it's what makes the practice better. Which means the provider
0: is more efficient. Which means the patient gets better care. That's our working theory. Love it, love it. What would you say one of your proudest experiences has been to date? Looking out my
1: window and seeing all the the, the employees when this office started. When we there was six people here, and I'm looking out. There's over 55 now, and this That's is just great. the Tampa office. That we've got overseas offices which have doubled in size, you know, to over 200. It's just. And to see the, just see everybody working together. When someone has a question, the resources are are right next to them. And it's very rewarding to feel the energy coming out of everybody working together and all aligned and working in the right direction,
0: the same direction. Definitely rewarding, man. Congratulations on on the growth. Thank you. Not easy to do in this space. So tell us a little bit more about an exciting project you guys are working on. Right now, you know, we've got some things that are coming out like telemedicine. We
1: think behavioral health is a perfect setting for telemedicine just because it's, it's a very on-demand type of a, of a solution. It's, it doesn't need physical machines such as uh, blood pressure machines, stethoscopes, just basic vital type stuff that a medical setting needs telemedicine for. So if you think about substance abuse, if you think about someone that's trying to manage someone in, in a critical crisis the ability to basically use telemedicine, be it uh, FaceTime, be it a camera on your PC, but something simple—it's available to everybody to reach out to someone that can help them through that crisis. To me, is a perfect telemedicine setting. Mm-hmm. So, really excited about that. We've got—we're constantly listening to our providers. So, as we see opportunities and people and their needs out there that aren't being met, we meet them. That's—we're very nimble, very agile, and that's so. I think telemedicine, I'm going to hang that one on the hook for this year and say that's going to be uh, something that's going to be important because you hear about it a lot in the medical setting, but everybody's sort of, it's, they're still not saying, oh, wait a minute, what about behavioral? And actually, it fits better mm-hmm. in my mind.
0: No, very good. And definitely a great call out, Charlie. No doubt you guys uh, continue to. To look ahead, you know, you're you're playing where the puck is going, and and I think that that's kind of really a big reason why you guys have been able to be successful. So thanks so much for sharing that. In this part of the podcast, really kind of getting close to the end, it's a lightning round where we'll go through five questions with you, the ABCs of Charlie Hutchinson on how to be successful in in the healthcare and our business. So I've got those questions for you, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? All right. <laughs> All right. What's the best way- (laughs) I'm a little nervous, but okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Patient engagement, certainly. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Pitfall is not having people around you that aren't aligned with you. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? Embrace constant change. (laughs) (laughs) And what is one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? It's
1: employee-customer relationships just a a little extra on that. That's that you see people that say, well, customers, number one, employees, number one, well, they're both number one, they're equal. They, they, if you, they've got to be together and the relationship has to be aligned.
0: Love it. And this uh, last one is a two-part question. What is your number one health habit and what is your number one success habit?
1: A life balance. And I would say success habit is also, they, they play well together. It's a life balance.
0: What book would you recommend to the listeners, Charlie? That one's fun, and it's from
1: a long time ago. But Jimmy Buffett's "Tales from Margaritaville" some short stories that just take you to a different place. <laughs> That's kind a of cool, place. man. <laughs> Never knew about that. It's a it's a good one. Yeah, it's you know, being in Florida, Jimmy Buffett's a big deal. But uh, it's just a collection of short stories that really take you to an escape, and uh, it's fun because just like his songs, they're they're fun to sing over and over again. So are the stories. They're fun That's to read cool. over and over again.
0: That's pretty cool. <laughs> great recommendation. I'll definitely have to, to pick that one up, put it on the coffee. It seems like it'd be a good coffee table book. Great conversation piece. Especially, if, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> love it. Love it. Listeners, you could get all of this fun resources, the great conversation that we've had with Mr. Charlie Hutchinson. Just go to outcomesrocket.health in the search bar on the website, type in sync i n s y n c or type in charlie hutchinson and you'll see an entire transcript pop up with show notes and links so you could listen again or get the tidbits that you're looking for charlie i love if you could just leave us with a closing thought and then the best place for the listeners to get in touch with or learn more
1: just thank you for the opportunity to everybody in this healthcare community is open to change and i appreciate them listening to people that have the energy to, to help them with that change get it, you know, sync is at I n s y n c h c s. I-N-S-Y-N-C-H-C-S.com, as well as from there, you'll find contact information to get hold of us, um, and that's
0: about it. Outstanding, Charlie. Hey, this was fun, definitely educational, and uh, for you folks listening uh, and wanting to have a solution that's really kind of going where the puck is going, this is something that you ought to check out. So Charlie, just want to say thanks again for spending time here to to inspire and educate us and uh, really looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you, Saul. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.